0: welcome to the vibe within podcast i'm your host gab cohen Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real-life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone. So let's connect and heal our Vibe Within. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Vibe Within podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen, and super excited to share this episode with you guys today. It's raw. It's very vulnerable. I get deep into the whole sex um, topic, the reality of Me Too, um, the reality of how we we can find ourselves living in toxic patterns that involve our sexuality and our sex partner's Uh, I get really, really deep in this one and I talk about our sexuality from various perspectives and there's so many layers to this whole thing. So I talk about recoding our sexuality, a sober lifestyle, cleansing and purifying the mind and reliving trauma and how to rewrite the way that we treat ourselves through sex and i talk about celibacy and what it takes to give the the body and the mind what it needs to recalibrate and to heal from from any trauma whether it's sex sexual trauma or emotional trauma or anything like that i also get a little bit into my me too story i don't get crazy detailed but just to paint a picture of, of why I wanted to share this episode and then I, I really do get deep into my experience with toxic sexuality, um, narcissistic boyfriends that I've had in the past, uh, manipula- manip- manipulative boyfriends I've had in the past and this episode is not just for women, it's for men and women. I make sure that in this episode I spoke to both men and women because we both go through the same things. Men can also deal with narcissistic women who can make them feel guilty for not having sex with them. There's so many different layers to this topic, so I'm really stoked to just get this out there. Um, I've been wanting to record it for a while, and it it's the kind of episode that I needed to be in my house alone. I, I couldn't be talking about this stuff around people, and when you listen to the episode, you'll understand why, because I Uh, in the beginning of the episode i talk about a situation that happened with my roommates over the weekend that has to do with sex so before i spill the beans and tell you everything about the episode um thank you guys for tuning in thank you for your time and your energy and sharing the episodes and tagging me and it's just really nice to see which ones resonate with you so if you enjoy this one share it with a friend or a family member And there's also different ways to support the podcast financially um, by buying a product that I have a discount code with, something super simple, um, the holidays. It's a great time to purchase wellness and supplements and mushroom powders and all that kind of stuff. And also, if you're looking to expand your meditation practice and your journaling and writing practice, I have a experiential course that is with eight guided meditations, so it's over five hours of guided meditations recorded by me, and then I take you through a lot of different ways to journal and to release and up-level your healing journey through different writing prompts, different styles of letting go of the past and a lot of inner work that I actually do. I journal every single day and I use the the prompts that I put in this course every single day and night and nightly pages is a huge part of my healing process. It's really fun. It gets addicting when you can sit down with your journal and literally just write out everything that needs to be out of your your mind. It's it's a way to reset your psyche. It's it's a way to cleanse and We know that we're all about cleansing. So, anyways, let's just get into the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Tonic Vibes CBD. Tonic offers CBD blends that use organic sun-grown hemp flower from their family-run farm in upstate New York. Their original formulations were first developed by Tonic's founder, Brittany Carbone, to help manage her own anxiety and depression that she was suffering with herself. Combining plant-based ingredients like ashwagandha, black seed oil, lemon balm, and passion flower, their soulfully crafted botanicals work with the CBD to restore our body's essential balance. The magic is in the love and intention that goes into each of their products from seed to shelf. And I have personally been using their tinctures for almost two years now. It's one of the first companies that I actually reached out to and was super interested in their company because I love their marketing. I love their Instagram. I am obsessed with all that, obviously, since I went to school for that. Um, And I loved how they were packaging their stuff. It has a really um, light vibe when I look at their Instagram. And it's female-owned. It's a family-owned small company. uh, And it's just amazing. It's one of my top tincture companies that I work with. And my favorite tinctures are the OG tincture, the Tonic OG. That has ashwagandha in it, black seed oil. Tastes so good. Um, It's more of an awakening, uplifting tincture. I like to take it in the morning. And then I love their chill one, which is not as sweet. Um, It has the passion flower and lemon balm in it still, but it's more of a nighttime tincture. And of course, you can take these during the day as well and in the morning, but that's just how I do it. And I love their tinctures so much. They also do little roll-on topicals and they are doing CBD flower as well. So... I really recommend getting into Tonic as it's one of my favorite companies. Obviously, I have them sponsoring the podcast, and I love them so much. So if you want to check out tonicvibes.com, you can go purchase anything from their website and use discount code GYPSYLOVE for a discount at checkout. That's tonicvibes.com, and you can use discount code GYPSYLOVE, G-Y-P-S-Y-L-O-V-E, for a discount at checkout. All right so I've been wanting to record this episode for a while now but it's it's definitely the type of episode that I have to be the only person in my house because it's a personal episode and it's a somewhat triggering episode and it's not the type of episode that I would even want to be speaking loudly um, in front of my roommates about because it's personal and I know that sounds crazy because (laughs) this is a podcast and it is widely available to everyone Um, (laughs) but my my roommates they don't follow me on Instagram I don't think that they have ever known that I really have like a well a well grounded podcast they probably just think that I'm just sitting in my room talking to myself or that I have a podcast and you know it's not really anything real and that's fine but I think it's better um, I will say this when you do have roommates who maybe they maybe you, you weren't friends with them before you were roommates I think it's best to keep it that way instead of exchanging social medias and everything like that I've just noticed that I have I I like the vibe more in the house when I'm not following any of my roommates on Instagram because it it creates a layer of like awkwardness fakeness there's been roommates in my past who we've both followed each other on Instagram and there is one girl in particular, um, in Miami who she actually found me on Instagram. And this is when I was, this is when I was trying to find a roommate to move into my house that I had. And she had followed me on Instagram. So I was like, okay, cool. Like we have a lot of things in common or whatever. And, It turned out to be really, really bad because she, she is sort of a sociopath and a narcissist and a crazy Capricorn and, you know, nothing against Capricorns, but I've just noticed recently in the past few years that Capricorns don't necessarily have the best intentions in my life, um a few really toxic capricorns have come through and i'm trying to recalibrate that so i don't feel that way towards all capricorns because i know that there's amazing capricorns out there as well i know a few as well who are amazing magical healers but this girl in particular um she wouldn't speak to me in person she would talk shit about me behind my back she would be posting all the time on Instagram and posting stories. So it's like I knew what she was doing in her life. Like she wanted, She wanted everyone to know, and she would also look at my stories, all of them, yet she wouldn't speak to me, or she would be really cold in person, and it created a really weird vibration energy in the house. And you might be asking yourself, why am I talking about this right now? But it actually has a lot to do with this episode that I'm recording right now all about sex and purifying and cleansing the mind and celibacy and rebuilding our worth and everything like that. It all falls in line with who are we living with? And just to break the ice and get the ball rolling, the reason why I felt so inspired (laughs) to... Record this episode today is because something happened over the weekend that I feel called to share because I'm sure, I'm so fucking sure that a lot of you guys have been through this kind of situation. So, to start off on a kind of funny note and use that as the catalyst to talk about some of these issues, over the weekend, my roommates. There's two, two male roommates and one female roommate. The female roommate is on the same level as me. She's living a soberish lifestyle. She listens to podcasts. She does her own thing. She's cool. The two male roommates are cool as well, but they are heavily into the drinking, the partying, and they don't really bring the best people around our house. Um, now, granted, it could be a lot worse. It's not like they do heavy drugs or anything like that. Um, maybe some weed, but that's it. But even drinking, um, it creates a layer of, uh, kind of a fuzzy energy in the house. And me and my female roommate have been kind of keeping our distance from them. And we both talked about it last night about how we've been keeping our distance because, we're not into this right now. So we have to, you know, keep boundaries. And over the weekend, it was definitely a time that was challenging me to stick up for myself and create a boundary because long story short, they came back really late. They brought back uh, loud girls who were like super obnoxious. And then I heard my Male roommate upstairs having sex with her and she was very very loud and theatrical and it's kind of funny because this episode is is going to be talking about this and it just made me realize how many women and how many girls are still in that that lifestyle of faking orgasms and being theatrical and And making noises and sounds that are like porn production type sounds that you know are fake. But they are so in that mind space of feeling like they can't speak up for themselves. So it was a very triggering evening because not only did I hear right upstairs. This girl was really, really loud, you guys. Like loud. Like obnoxiously purposely loud and believe me there have been moments in my life where I've felt the need to be loud because I wanted to express to them that I was that I was enjoying the the act right that's fine but you can tell as a woman you can tell what is being acted out and theatrics and this is what that was So, um, not only did that happen for, you know, several hours, like on and off, and I I even had my headphones in, and it was just really obnoxious, because I have insomnia, so I'm going to wake up at any kind of noise. And to keep this, just, let's just keep this story short, but, uh, (laughs) so one of them had their brothers over, and the brother was in the living room downstairs with a girl, so, around 6.30 in the morning, they start having sex in the living room. In the living room. And I heard it. And the girl was loud again. So, just to paint you a picture. It was a very triggering night. And the next day, I texted them and I said, this is not okay. I totally was, respectab- was respectable when I texted them, but I said you guys need to treat us like your sisters, we're not your bros, we're not your bros who live with you, and that is not okay, none of none of what happened last night is okay, at all, so that was the boundary that I needed to bring to the table, and I feel good that I did that, and then as the days go by, um, I felt called to share this episode. So if you haven't listened to the first sex episode, it's episode three and I will put it in the show notes for you guys. I talk a lot about toxic masculinity and sex and celibacy and this was a a year ago. Yeah, a year ago, so now this is a full year that, that um, the podcast has been going, a little, a little less. I'll let you guys know when it's the year mark. It's around Christmas time, but basically what I've realized is the more awakened or aware I become, the less of a sex drive I receive because I am less willing to open up and let somebody put their body part in my body (laughs) sorry to be so graphic but we have to understand how sacred our bodies are and how sacred sex is yes it's okay to have sex I'm not saying that but when you have sexual trauma or you have had a series of toxic sexual partners in your life it's kind of a more more harm than good when you just continue to live in that cycle or that pattern. And the more I do the inner work and relive past traumas as I'm healing them and doing that inner work, it can really take a toll on the sexual and hormonal health. I wouldn't say that I have no sex drive at all, but I really don't have any desire to waste my energy or let someone in with the potential of them having an energy that is going to set me back 10 steps of of my self-worth practice and this goes really really deep here there's many layers to how we are healing our sexual trauma sexual trauma doesn't only mean rape or sex sexual assault Sexual trauma can be the period of your life that you were self-medicating and you were, you know, drunk and high in and, and, in college, and you were and you had a lot of sexual partners who one weren't pleasing you, two, were narcissistic, three, made you feel less than, four, made you feel unworthy because they never spoke to you again after sex. That's toxic. That's toxic sexuality. It all is. There's many layers to it. Ghosting is a layer of toxic sexuality as well. Because if if anything is connected to the act of sex and then you feel somewhat tainted by having sex with that person, that's trauma. could be big or small. And the more trauma work and inner child healing we do, The more woken up we become to the fucked up perception of sex and what we have endured as young adults because we don't know any better especially when I was in art school I didn't know any better and I'm gonna get into that I'm gonna get into my my story there's so many layers to sexuality the beginning puberty losing our virginity and how that experience can shape And mold our sexual lives I literally lost my virginity on drugs so that right there is where the seed was planted and I didn't lose my virginity super young I was 17 I think and I was living in South Carolina with my very first boyfriend who I met on a cruise ship when I was like 14 and then we stayed in touch and we kind of had like a long-distance relationship on and off and then We were in a full-blown relationship and I lived with him his grandmother and his mom in South Carolina over the course of a summer and I did every drug imaginable drank it was just it was insane and I'll never forget that summer because it, it is what has created the, the shaky foundation of my sexuality and my trust. And everything was built in such a vulnerable time and I was medicated and blazed with drugs and alcohol. So I lost my virginity on, I think, MDMA. I don't remember how fucked up I was, but, you know, that sucks. And now that I'm sitting here in my late 20s, I can honestly say, like, hey, to the gab who was there at 17 losing her virginity on drugs, I'm so sorry. You know, there's nothing I can do about it now. It's in the past. But now I know why I am in the situation I am in right now. And it's taken over a decade (laughs) to be here in a cleansed mind state to be able to talk about this from an outside perspective, looking in. Because now my mind and my body are clean from drugs and alcohol. So drugs and alcohol played a huge role in sex. And from the moment I lost my virginity um, to the last time that I had sex, I had never really had sober sex unless it was with a long-term boyfriend, which I've only had about two in my entire life. And yeah, there was sober sex through there, sprinkled through, of course. So many layers derived from, you know, the foundation of toxicity that my sexuality and relationship world was built on. In high school, I think I've talked about this in my podcast. Actually, yes, I definitely have. Let's see what episode it was. It was the depressed. It was the depression episode. It was, um, I think, 53. Yeah, 53. No, yeah. So go back and listen to that. I get into um, my experience with a narcissistic heroin addict boyfriend that I had in high school. Um, drug addicts it seems that my teenage and early 20s self just did not understand the people or the the men that I was inviting into my life were narcissistic and manipulative because they knew that they could do that to me because I was soft because I put out that vibe that I was so nice and so accepting and so easy to talk to and I wouldn't, you know, speak up for myself. I wouldn't take, I wouldn't take initiative and narcissistic, manipulative people love to be paired with weak people and I was weak. I definitely was weak and I was put through physical and emotional abuse, you know, hiding behind black eyes, doing hard drugs. That's that's what my senior year of high school looked like. Not college, high school. So, and this traveled with me into college. The pattern and cycle was ingrained within me. You meet guys at bars, you have sex under the influence, and that idea was ingrained in my psyche which made me think I wasn't worthy enough for a normal relationship and I subconsciously I got stuck in the holding pattern of becoming addicted to drama, drugs, confusion, sex, partying. It was part of the experience that I was so used to and I didn't think that there was anything else other than that. The years of toxic sex of which I you know can't even remember much due to all the mind altering substances and states of mind it's led me to this current sober path and I asked myself am I not worthy of love the same exact question that was planted in the beginning of my love and sex life because of these toxic cycles and patterns that continued for over a decade you guys so if you're sitting here and you're shaking your head yes oh my god this is me it's time to break free from that cycle and that pattern and start to recalibrate and rewrite and recode the way that we are thinking and judging ourselves and understand that we can break free from it we can and there is an alternate type of living I feel very cleansed and clear mentally spiritually physically all of the things because this is the longest stretch that I've stayed away from drugs alcohol relationships and I'll get more into that soon So now the the past couple years I've been living more of a sober-ish lifestyle but you know the past eight months or seven months it's been completely sober lifestyle except for kratom and CBD and natural natural biohacks that I love. Rehabilitating myself emotionally after the two-year relationship I had in Miami which was the longest relationship I've I've had. It turned dark. He was a narcissist, troubled guy, truly suffering financially. He didn't have any money, any. Like, he didn't know how to save $10. Um, He was troubled and suffering, and he was having constant crisis of who he is and what job he should have. He couldn't hold a job. I'm not bashing him. I'm sure that he's doing great now, but I'm just painting a picture of of the type of people that I was with. And having him in my life was constant drama because he didn't trust me. He thought that I was, like... He, he would, like, call me a hoe and, like, a whore for posting pictures on Instagram and talking to customers that I was bartending. Like, he would just think that I was hoeing it out all the time. Like, he literally used that term. So that was ingrained in my mind. Having him in my life like I said was just constant drama fighting but we did have lots of sex because that was literally the only good thing that we had I guess it was the glue of the relationship and I've been listening to a podcast with Dr. Romani. if you never heard of it it's um fuck what's it called It's all about sex. It's something sexuality. I'm going to link it in the show notes. It's fucking amazing. And she literally, like, she talks about narcissism and sex all the time. Like, she's known for these two areas. So, listen to that for sure. Um, I'm not sure if this dude actually ever loved me, to be honest. He definitely was a sex addict, though, and that's for sure. And when that occurs, it can really alter... The woman's perception of sex because I didn't enjoy having sex with him towards the end of the relationship Um, and when you're having sex and this goes for men and women not just women a woman can be manipulative a woman can be a narcissist a woman can make you feel guilty for not having sex with her a woman can can have trust issues and label you as not trustworthy or you're a man whore even even when you're not that's their own issue when somebody doesn't trust you and keeps labeling you as a cheater or doesn't trust anything you're doing that is their own issue and chances are they're the cheater they're the ones who are fucked up in the head and they are projecting their own insecurities and you know what they might be planning to do to you, they are projecting to you so that you're afraid that you're coming off as the cheater when in reality they're the cheater. Just let that settle in for a second because I haven't really thought about it that way and it all makes sense now. So when you're having sex with a narcissist. It can feel like a chore, a duty, something that we owe them, something we just need to do and get it over with. A year of that is what I went through. And now I sit here feeling asexual. (laughs) Like I'm sitting here feeling I don't want to have sex with a guy, a girl, nothing. And that Is a clear-cut sign that my higher self, my soul, my spirit is cleansing still. And that relationship, you guys, that was when I was 26 and 27. So it takes time. Um, I'm 29 now and nearing 30 which is so crazy to say because I don't feel like I'm turning 30. But I do have the experience now and I do have this confidence to talk about this shit now because if I was 25 and I was talking about this with no real experience, would you really be sitting there and listening to me and shaking your head and agreeing? Probably not because I definitely wasn't in this state of consciousness to be recording a podcast episode and feel like I have something to offer with my experience and maybe it'll help you get out of the pattern and cycle or if you're in a toxic relationship. So now that I'm sitting here sober, asexual, but I don't feel, I don't feel in a lack mindset, I feel full because, and I, I honestly, I can connect this to people who have like a porn addiction or a masturbation addiction. I've heard that when people cl- like start getting clean, quote unquote clean, like, like it's drugs, you know, it is, it's an addiction. When people start getting clean from the act of watching porn or masturbating, their soul starts to calibrate with their body and they start to feel more alive and more, everything's more fulfilling and everything is more enjoyable. And they actually tap into happiness and joy quite easily just from like the small things around them. Because when you're overdoing it with sex or masturbation or porn, that is fucking toxic, literally so think about it from a soul level that's how I think about it it's like now that I'm 29 I don't really have the time or the energy to just like go have random sex with someone who could potentially poison my soul because it's known it's a known fact there's been studies and I've listened to so many psychology podcasts about sex that it takes several weeks to several months or even several years to shake off the energy of a toxic sexual partner. And I just posted a, an Instagram post all about this. So I'll try to remember to put that in the show notes to link you to the post because it got a really, really strong reaction from everyone. I talked about how, you know, celibacy is, is not bad and I guess that'll lead me into this this celibacy kind of thing that I'm doing now. It's not because I hate men. It's not because I hate women or that I hate the act of sex and I'm just like a grumpy old woman. Celibacy is a soul cleanse and it's an opportunity for us for our body to remember and sway back and forth from the trauma that happened and then come back to the moment and say everything's okay because I know that I'm not I don't have to prepare for another toxic interaction I'm safe and the fact that I know that I'm going to stay celibate until I meet someone who literally deserves my body and my sexual energy that is like a weight lifted off my shoulders because I know that I'm safe and I don't have to worry about drunk, high gab letting it go for someone who doesn't give a fuck about me. So that's where I'm at. So you can look at celibacy like that. You don't have to look at celibacy as, oh, I'm cutting myself off from sex. I'm not having sex and this and that because that is a stressful way that you're bringing that energy into your body and it's like already you're talking to yourself with that you're not allowed to have sex. You're, It's like you're punishing yourself and I'm not punishing myself at all. I'm giving my soul and my body and my spirit and my mind exactly what it needs, which is clean, which is purification. Um, they say that... I don't I forget where I read this but they say that if you don't have sex for a year I think that it somewhat it somewhat recalibrates your virginity or you can like claim yourself as a as like a virgin again and I don't know excuse me I don't know if that is true but I almost went a year when I when I moved to Miami I went like 10 months without sex and i was like in my mid-20s like i was 25 so i was like i wasn't doing it to cleanse i was doing it because i didn't know anybody in miami and then once i broke the seal then you know the sex started happening but it was with toxic people because i worked in the drug i worked in the the bar industry where there's lots of drugs so also, to add to the layer of, of celibacy and why celibacy is so important to me right now is because the list of men who ghosted me, um, I connect the reason why they ghosted me with sex, which is totally unreasonable, which is totally not the case because nobody, I don't think I've ever ghosted anybody based on their sexual performance (laughs) like this goes back to just being pure and being a good human there's there's going to be a a deeper reason and the reason why i've been ghost has nothing to do with sex i think that i'm pretty good at sex (laughs) not to like toot my own horn but like there's other reasons why people ghost people and lonely hurt people will ghost and hurt people if that makes sense hurt people hurt people so just understand that it's something deep within their life and if they ghost you then that's that's the universe saying this person's not supposed to be in your life move forward and if you and if you don't move forward and you stay stuck in that oh my god why why I need answers why then you're prolonging your healing and your eyes are closed you're blindfolded to what is coming into your life and your path and once I took the blindfolds off and looked in front of me and started to realize that I didn't need to care about these men who ghosted me, then my entire world opened up, and I'm doing so much better now. Um, Fast forward to now. So my body has had enough of the toxic, horrible sex with emotionally unavailable men, and now she's, I don't want to say shut down, but she's closed for business right now. My, my sexuality, my body is, is closed, and she's being, um, what's the word, <laughs> under construction, <laughs> under construction, under emotional construction, and especially with my holistic journey with healing my thyroid and my hormones, I've noticed that My moon cycle is, you know, not here. I haven't had a moon cycle in eight months, and I'm not proud of it. I'm not happy about it, but that's what happens when you're healing deep, deep wounds, and also my thyroid and hormonal imbalance is connected, and I'm not on thyroid medication anymore, so if you listened to the thyroid episode, my thyroid healing journey, which is episode see go back and listen 63 i talk about weaning myself off of thyroid medications and just like everything i go i go really deep um we have to as women and i i know that there's some men that listen to this too but as women sex is way more sacred and way more detrimental to our body and energy than men men can have sex with somebody and forget about them two days later. Women, that energy lingers within a woman for, like I said, weeks, months, years. So it's a blessing and a curse and it takes time to unravel all the cobwebs that come with that. So something that does come with Hormonal imbalance and no no moon cycle or no period is no appetite for sex or no you know appetite for intimacy, but that makes me that makes me think about the podcast that I was just talking about with Doctor Romney. Sex and intimacy are two different things. You can be intimate with someone without having sex, and I've noticed that that's what I'm craving. I don't even. I don't even crave sex right now which is great I you know not not to say that I won't but I'm craving intimacy intimate relationships, someone who I can literally like walk around the park holding hands and have a deep conversation and smoke CBD and just like dive deep into each other's psyche and consciousness not everyone is looking for that type of experience Um, and I'm, like, really into that. I'm, like, cool, dude. Like, awesome, Gab. You're, like, expanding. And it's not just about sex. It's about intimacy. It's about deep conversations. It's about sharing space with someone and just, like, watching a documentary and cuddling with my cat and enjoying sharing space with that person. So it's it's time to rewrite that story so now i'm gonna get into i guess my me too story but i'm not gonna get too detailed um but just to make you understand why i'm why i'm sharing this episode and why this topic is so important to me um When I was in art school, I was sexually assaulted, aka raped, and I was obviously under the influence of drugs and alcohol, and this happened almost 10 years ago, so I was self-medicating for over a decade, which is why I kept the cycle and the pattern going of being with narcissistic, drug addict-type men because I was subconsciously just staying in that realm of living. And the Me Too movement. Um, so I saw a meme from one of my my favorite writers who writes about relationships and sex, and it made me realize that the Me the Me Too movement, it's its more than just a movement to bring our stories to life. It's quite literally been the catalyst that made me relive my Me Too story and made me realize that it was a rape and that it wasn't something that just happened, you know what I mean? Um, when there's two guys on one girl, that is not in any way shape or form just abuse and the reason why this is all coming up so clearly now is because I am cleansed completely from drugs alcohol toxic sex relationships all of it and I swept my me too story under the rug since 2009 so that's 10 years of repressing a rape that has tainted my sexual life. And I'm not sharing this episode for people to feel bad for me. I don't need that. I'm totally fine. I'm living the best life that I, that I can. And I just feel the need to bring this to the surface to let people know what the Me Too movement can really do to people. I think that the Me Too movement is amazing and also very toxic and poisonous because it made a lot of women realize that what happened to them happened and they had been, they swept it under the rug and they didn't let themselves realize what it was was so intense and unasked for. And then that created a whole upheaval of women feeling reliving it feeling their feelings emotionally distraught because they're hearing all these women come up with their you know say their me too stories and it's it's just like constant it's everywhere now and it's been a while since the movement began and I didn't really want to be part of it when it was going on because I was like still in denial. Um, but yeah, so it was 10 years of self-medicating and then I would question why, you know, why was this happening to me? And it was because I wasn't ready to admit what had happened to myself and my body and my consciousness. And I continued To live in that loop of self-destruction through my choices. And the pain and the memories have resurfaced more than ever. And it's 100% because I'm completely clean and cleansed. And now the body has time to catch up with my mind that was shut, shut down. And no drugs, no sex, no romantic relationships, no alcohol. And guess what? I don't feel like I'm lacking anything. My cup feels overflowing recently because I am more of an open vessel and channel for nourishing and healing things to come in. Otherwise, these things would not come through because I would be hiding behind a layer of lies from substances or toxic sex or wasting my energy on unavailable, emotionally unavailable men um, or friendships who, that are one-sided. This has been a clearing, a erasing all of the shit that I wrote down, beginning to write a new book, a new life. Through this awareness. And it also helps to talk to friends, to talk to real friends. I talked to two friends who I went to art school with about this situation, and it's really nice to just have a conversation about it instead of just talking about it in my own head, you know? Because you can talk and relive and rethink and try to rewire the way that you're thinking about a situation that happened years ago. But it's nice to actually talk to a human about it who isn't going to sit there and judge you, who isn't going to try to make you say, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's going to be okay. Like, No, these two people that I talk to are amazing humans who know exactly what happened and I love them. And getting it out there and having that conversation and using your verbal energy to connect with someone is really healing. So if you have one or two people in your life who you can have those kind of dark conversations with, you can feel reborn after just like a 20-minute conversation, I swear. So I really hope that What I'm sharing and what I've shared in this episode all ties in together and makes sense. I think it did. I think it does. Um, I'm here for you. You know where to reach me, Instagram or email. And I hope that whatever you're going through when it comes to sex or sexuality or relationships or sober lifestyle, that you can... Go through the rest of your day or evening with a lighter perspective. That's my goal. And you're not alone. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to that episode of The Vibe Within. It was a raw, real, vulnerable episode. And it feels so good to just let it out. So if you have someone who you can have a conversation with, a real conversation with if you're reliving the past and you're ready to move forward and let go of the bind that you have with the trauma sexual or not reach out message them call them tell them you just need a listening ear 15 20 minutes can change your entire life just by having a a conversation with someone who is willing to listen and it's just something very simple that we, that we forget we have access to. We're always on our phones, yet phone calls are so rare now. And we're just hiding behind Instagram and text messages that, that hide our emotion. So that's my challenge to you. Is if you're going through it and you're going through a tough time, use your phone to have have a phone conversation an actual phone call. It's, it's so nice. It's nostalgic. It's so awesome. And you can like put it put them on speaker. You can stretch while you're talking to them and make it fun. Make it like awesome. Anyways, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope that it helped you guys, and if if you would like to support the podcast, just share it with a family member, a friend, tag me, share the episode, text it to someone. There's several different ways that you can support the podcast financially. um, This is a one-woman show. I know that I say that all the time, but I do everything on my own. I have maybe one or two paid sponsors and they don't, they're not like crazy high paying sponsors like some of these podcasts with millions and millions of downloads. My podcast is, you know, it's thriving, but it's also my baby. So it's, it's a little, it's an infant still. It's not an adult. So um, any any support is greatly appreciated. I have an Amazon store, I have sponsors that if you use my discount code for the CBD or any wellness products like Fresh Cat Mushrooms or Four Sigmatic or uh, Tonic or Thought Cloud, they're all in the show notes. When you buy a product from any of them using my discount code, I get a small, small percentage. And then I use that towards podcast I I use that towards my time my energy and I'm also trying to save up for a new computer because mine is on its last string which really really is sad and scary but I've had this computer since 2011 so I need to just be an adult and and buy a new one but we all know how expensive macbooks can be anyways thank you so much for tuning in I love you guys so much thank you um, and we'll talk soon